uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to Out Loud. Cisco and Microsoft are two giants of the modern technology world and their collaboration platforms, Cisco Spark and Microsoft Teams, control a huge section of the market. It's very difficult to compare the two like for like, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth trying. So, in today's episode, I'm joined by an expert in both platforms. Tom Arbuthnot from Modality Systems is our regular Microsoft specialist, and he is joined by Danny Stevenson of Meeting Zone, who specialises in Cisco Spark. We try our best to compare the two platforms for you in a gladiatorial face-off of epic proportions, where we discuss and compare the contrasting features. I must warn you, the following episode contains strong language, violence, and scenes of a sexual nature. It doesn't really. Tom and Danny are both really nice, and it's a very amicable discussion. Anyway, have a listen. First of all, thank you both for coming on. Uh, Danny Stevenson from Meeting Zone, and you are our Cisco Spark expert on the on this podcast. Hi, morning, Danny. How are you doing? Hi, good morning. Yes, I'm well, thank you. So uh, nice to hear I'm an expert. Hopefully others will uh, will agree as this podcast comes on. Oh, well, you're definitely more expert than me. And as usual, Tom Arbuthnot from Modality Systems, you are my regular uh, Microsoft contributor on our, on our regular monthly podcast slot. Uh, morning, Tom. How are you well? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Hey, morning, Patrick. So the idea of this podcast, it's, it's, it's a tester. Um, to compare and contrast two of the biggest collaboration platforms out there, mainly Cisco Spark and Microsoft Teams. And I'm quite glad because I've been worried the whole time that I'm going to say Microsoft Spark and and Cisco Teams. <laughs> so I've managed, I've already dodged one bullet there. Um, so guys, I just wanted to get a brief comparison of the sort of the, the, the histories of the platform. So, so Danny, if you want to start... And it's, Spark originally is a few years old now, four or five years old. Yeah, so um, it kind of emerged around about 20, uh, 2014, 2015. So, but its first iteration was um, basically a, um, it was called Project Squared, and effectively at that time, um, uh, Meeting Zone and a number of other partners were invited out to the US um, uh, to sit with you know some of the senior leadership at Cisco, and it was kind of put it in front of us and said, "What do you think?" Um, and there was lots of other ideas about brand changes and um, you know in future plans and effectively at that point is you know the uh, the beginnings of what was built from the ground up um, and obviously in a, a year or so later it was then relabeled as you know Cisco Spark. I, and I, I actually I spoke to uh, Jonathan who we do the regular Cisco podcast with and I, changing the name from Project Squared seems like the smartest move they ever made because Spark is Spark is a lot catchier than Square. Uh, Tom, was Microsoft Teams originally called Microsoft Cubed at one point, or has it always been called Teams? <laughs> no, it's all, it's always been Teams, I guess. So uh, not quite as good a backstory on the naming. Um, obviously, we've gone through our own naming transitions in, in the Microsoft space. So you know, Office Communications and Link and Skype and now Teams. So uh, yeah, marketing people like to change names, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they have to find something to do, don't they? Uh, and in terms of age, Tom, is it roughly the same? When, when did Teams first appear as, as Teams yeah. specifically? Yeah, so Teams is newer than Spark. So I guess like kind of like like this chat-centric idea of working. You know, Slack was obviously out there before anybody. Cisco, to be fair, caught on to this trend early, um, and Microsoft obviously saw this trend too. So Spark, uh, sorry, Teams is a year. A year old GA, 
Um, it was out a bit before that in preview for a lot of customers, but uh, a year of general availability. Got you. And I know, Danny, we've already discussed this and, it, and it's quite difficult. I wanted to sort of compare and contrast uptake globally in terms of numbers, but, but Cisco haven't necessarily, aren't necessarily too keen to reveal the number of, of, of Spark users. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, um, you know, we haven't got like a, uh, you know, a leaderboard, as it were, in terms of what the usage uptake within Spark is. Uh, I mean, they're, they're very good at, um, you know, peddling the numbers around Cisco WebEx, which is obviously the, the, uh, the, the meetings product on the, on the market today, which actually Spark works in conjunction with. So you can join a WebEx from Spark and, 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 and uh, you know, and, and join in that way. So the, if we looked at the numbers from a, a WebEx point of view, which I know isn't, generally what this um, podcast is around, but if we kind of blend the numbers in knowing that, you know, there will be Spark usage in there, particularly from a meetings capability, you know, you're looking at about 114 million attendees on a monthly basis, um, which is a sort of 23% year-on-year growth, um, you know, and those numbers are from February uh, of this year. Um, I think it's circa around about 5.6 billion minutes, um, you know, across the, the meetings platform. And um, uh, I think it's around about 29 million actual meetings that, that, that take place um, over a monthly period. So, you know, there's some big growth numbers in there, but specifically for Spark, I don't have anything where I can say, well, you know, there's X amount of users, X amount of messages. And I suppose even if... Spark was a proportion of that WebEx number. It's it's a very big number. I know Tom, Microsoft are slightly more forthcoming. It would just be too easy if both provided a, an exactly comparable set of numbers. But but Tom, Microsoft are slightly more forthcoming with with the numbers for Teams, aren't they? Yeah, like, like you say, you don't get exact comparisons. All all orgs use the numbers that make them look good, don't they? So um, I, from a Microsoft point of view, I guess they have a a hidden advantage that Teams is part of Office 365. So there's 120 million active Office 365 users, and pretty much every Office 365 license enables you to use Teams. So from from day one launch, you could go to teams.microsoft.com with any 365 account and, and sign in and be using Teams. Um, so, so to that end, they had quite a leg up in starting. They've got about 200,000 orgs that are using Teams. It's 181 markets, 39 languages, so it's kind of truly global. Um, the most interesting stat, I think, was last year there were 3 million Teams created, kind of Teams in the product. So you can get a feel for the usage there. I mean, those are still relatively small numbers to when you look at 120 million users in Office 365. So I think that's potentially just the beginning of getting more Office 365 users to use Teams. So brilliant start to the podcast we've already established it's very difficult to compare the two when it comes when it comes to numbers um in terms of tom and you've segmented nicely in there into the availability of of the two platforms teams as you're saying it is available through office 365 are you saying it's not it's not available through all the 365 packages uh, I think it pretty much is now. So it's um, the only thing it's not available in is government yet, and I think that's mainly due down to regu regulatory. So it's available on the really low-end pro programs like Business Essentials and Business Premium, all the enterprise plans, critically the Frontline Worker Plan, which is a cheap 
frontline worker, I don't have a PC, I just use a mobile device type plan, and all the edu plans, and Microsoft are going great guns with this in edu at the moment, it just seems to be resonating with them. So, so those, all those plans, you get teams out of the box. That, that's teams for team collaboration, for VoIP, for video and web conferencing. If you want to add PSD and audio dialing conferencing, or you want teams to be your actual phone, there are some add-ons there. So it's uh, $4 a user a month list to add conferencing, or you can pay for conferencing per minute. Um, it's $8 a month list per user per month to add the phone ability. And on top of that, you add a calling plan from Microsoft, which is $12 or $24 list per user per month, or you bring your own telco. Um, at, at the highest level of Office 365, the E5 plan, conferencing and the phone system is included. So depending on what Office 365 licensing model you have, you may well have conferencing and phone system already bundled into your cost for Office 365, or you can add them as kind of a la carte add-ons per user. Got you. And with Teams, it is important to clarify, if I don't have a 365 subscription or, or package through, through work or personal, I can't just go to the internet and download Teams, can I? No, no, and that's interesting because that's sort of a, a viral growth blocker in some ways. It is integrated to Office 365, so you have to sign up to Office 365. You can't just go and sign up for Teams. Um, they are making that sign-up process kind of easier in the sense of if you're interested in Teams, you sign up for Teams and Office 365. But if, for example, your corporation has um, you know, a, a, an email address and you have an Office 365 tenant, and they disable Teams on their tenant, so you can't use it, you can't then kind of do the shadow IT thing and go and sign up. Whereas if you look at something like like a more con, you know, kind of Slack-based model, anybody can sign up anywhere. And I'm not quite sure how that story lands in Spark, but in, in Microsoft, you have to be Office 365, or you can be invited as a guest user. Um, but as a primary user, you need an Office 365 account. Got you. And, and Danny, that is... Um... How how does that work with Spark in in, sure. in terms of availability of packages? So from a um, I mean a bit like Slack. So Slack have that freemium model, so you can effectively sign up for a um, a throttled um, feature account. So I you've only got certain amount of features that are in there before you then start looking at what arguably you could call then the premium offers, which is anything paid. Um, so Spark is exactly the same way, so anyone can sign up from anywhere um, and they, they get this free service. It throttles, for example, the calling capability, so if you're having a meeting, you can have up to three people in a call. Um, if you're having, you know, spaces um, or rooms or channels, whatever, whatever you know, um, whatever way you want to call it, then um, effectively you can have multiple um, people in those spaces, but up to a maximum of three again. So you're kind of stuck with only having a small capability, but I Arguably, that's where you then start to motor. So from a Slack perspective, they've got 9 million um, uh, signed up users. 2 million of those are paid for. So actually, if you look at that from a, um, you know, what Tom was saying, from a, a viral point of view, then there's a great upsell opportunity into those, you know, extra, extra accounts in there that, that haven't gone for a paid for service. Got you. Understood. So again, dif difficult to compare in terms of products and plans and availability both use slightly di different models and now we're coming on and guys I realize I mean you know you two are very technical I am not so we're keeping this very high level and it's, it's a section which I have named fantastically uh, features and functionality face-off 
where we try to have a look and compare the features of uh, of both platforms. Now, I realise that there is a lot of overlap, isn't there? As there is with all of these collaboration platforms, they all they all do audio, video, some sort of chat, you know, work stream chat functionality, and some sort of collaboration work tools for for different teams to collaborate and work on things. So, Danny. What what are the specifics in terms of how Spark works in terms of the audio, the video, the chat, and the and the collaborating function? Sure, yeah, I can give you an overview of that. And this is always a really tricky question when you're in front of customers of you know compare and contrast because you know it's almost like the Marmite conversation of well I like that user interface versus that user interface. I like that feature and that's really important to me, whereas this one doesn't. So it's going to be hard, I think, for both me and Tom to encapsulate. You know the, the 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 stark differences between them because I think you know customers will want to consume them in different ways. So, but from a, a high level point of view, you're right. You know it's a message, it's a meeting, it's a calling proposition. Um, from a messaging point of view, I guess the the biggest differences are from uh, between Microsoft and and Spark is you know the the uh, non-threading co of conversations within a within a space. Now you know for some people. They enjoy the non-threading. For others, they don't. So again, it's this kind of marmite discussion over, you know, what's what's right for what organisation. Um, you know, I think where Cisco have gone is a completely simplistic, um, you know. Uh, interface or UI, user interface, uh, so that the users can easily adopt that. Now, you know, you're always going to get people say, I want more emojis, or I want, you know, uh, that threading piece that I just mentioned about. But effectively, from a, a, a chat point of view, you know. It, one of the one of the areas I think of its strengths are is the external um, use with you know external companies. So uh, I think a term is called external federation, um, you know, in in I guess Microsoft land. Um, but from an external capability with with customers, I can easily add you know people into a space and collaborate with them easily. Back to that sign up process that we mentioned earlier on, you know, anyone can sign up for Spark, and if I if I invite someone to a Spark space and they don't have Spark, they click on a link, they register, they download Spark, away they go. So from, from a, a chat perspective, it's really, really quite simple. From a meeting perspective, you know, this is where I think the heritage of Cisco comes through because you know, they're historically, um, or currently even, um, a, you know, a meeting proposition from a uh, you know, I, I mentioned the numbers within WebEx. They've obviously got their portfolio of uh, of endpoints, video endpoints, and um, video phones. And so, having that natively integrated and working within Spark, you know, it brings to brings to the front a whole host of features that that customers consume. You know, some simple ones such as I walk into a a, a meeting space, um, you know, a physical meeting room, sorry, and there is a a video endpoint from Cisco um, that happens to be Spark enabled or, or not, um, and you've got things um, like proximity, so it'll know you've entered into that room, um, and you can launch a call, you know, within you know a couple of clicks, be it from your mobile or from the device itself. So it makes it really quite simple from a from a user point of view, an adoption point of view. Something that you know we do a lot with customers from a you know an adoption point of view. A lot of that comes out of Cis Cisco's other parts of the business, WebEx and that sort of thing. Has that given Cisco an advantage in terms of the meeting collaboration platform, in terms that they can tie other things into the platform? 
you know, the, the, the challenge when you've got multiple, um, um, you know, multiple different products within a, an organization. So we've, um, Tom mentioned Jabber earlier on. Um, you know, you've got WebEx, you've got Spark. You know, they're kind of the three areas um, of collaboration, you know, within, within Cisco. Obviously, you've got things like Call Manager, um, HCS from a, um, you know, from a, a telephony point of view. But actually, you know, sometimes that can cause confusion for customers um, because, you know, what, what do they use where and, 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 and when? And, you know, I think, you know, the Collaboration Summit coming up April 18th, we'll see a lot around that story um, about bringing, um, you know, these, these tools, um, not necessarily under one roof, but kind of, you know, knocking down those barriers of what to use where and when and, you know, should I be deploying part of this and part of that or, you know, should I just be using one? one functionality, and we're expecting some really big news um, to come out of that Collab Summit on April 18th. Oh, yeah. uh, and Tom, from a, from a team's perspective, as we were saying there, Cisco has some other platforms which sort of self-integrate. Obviously, Microsoft potentially slightly less on that side, but it, but, but it does have Skype, and Teams has taken a lot, if not all, of the functionality of Skype. So just, just from a high-level overview point in, ter in terms of Teams, in terms of functionality. Yeah, so so I guess as as we were saying in the prep to this podcast, like that the general philosophies are aligned and not just across Cisco and Microsoft, but across Spark and across a whole lot of other players as well, that this kind of team centric, goal centric work together thing is the new the new way to work. So from a checklist feature point of view, on paper they start to look similar. You know, yes, we've got direct chat, yes, we've got spaces or teams yes we have our files in there yes we do VoIP yes we do conferencing yes we do PSDN yes it can be a phone system so like if you take the high level checkboxes they look similar and um, where where they start to break apart as, as Danny said is kind of one is is user experience so you know what do the users prefer um, then on the Microsoft side kind of where they're pushing as USPs is being tightly integrated to Office 365 so this is not just a chat workspace your files are going into Office 365, into OneDrive, into SharePoint. So all of your data is in the same place. It's all under the same policies, all under the same identities. Everything you do is is Azure AD controlled. So from a security compliance enterprise ready level, everything is kind of locked down and, and very kind of corporate there, but with the same kind of look towards the kind of prosumer you know emojis and giffies and and all that stuff if you want to turn that stuff on that's all there too um i guess then microsoft kind of take it a stage further with this intelligent communications which is still you know still very much concept but this is starting to use microsoft's cloud scale and cloud computing and ai to really improve the experience so doing cloud-based meeting recording doing transcriptions in the cloud doing cortana on the phones that's where Microsoft starting to pull themselves away from the kind of side-by-side -side features, which are similar towards the like, here's how we leverage our cloud scale to make the collaboration experience better. As I, can, I can already feel us drawing some conclusions here. But what I was sort of after in that last question is there's no, there's no one absolutely massive functional feature. I know there are some more slightly technical individual features that, that might be missing from one platform to the other, but there's there's not one 
overarching teams has this and spark doesn't has this and spark has this not, and teams doesn't have this in, in terms not, not, no not really because you don't i mean it depends on the business user like like you know we're consultants here so it's always it depends and it's always business requirements but on 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 the very base features they are similar and they're constantly evolving like spark had a clear lead on teams for guest access because they've got the model of being in the cloud first and you sign up and this viral adoption they don't really have the concept of having office 365 tenants and you being a guest on my tenant and me being a guest on your tenant so they're kind of guest access is very slick whereas microsoft had to work through that and they've only launched it in the last few months on on desktop or mobile where now patrick you can be a member of one of my teams on your mobile and on your desktop so even when there is a feature comparison it, it's 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 usually temporary because both are developing really fast um, the, the real thing is about where's your business going what are you looking to achieve how do the commercials line up uh, as, you, as you eloquently said interop like cisco have a very good room system story the tight interop there is good on the microsoft side we require a polycom a pexip a blue jeans to bring those standards-based meeting rooms in so there are there are pros and cons on both sides with the interop as well and and, and danny i'm assuming you're potentially drawing the same conclusion from your day-to-day discussion with customers that it's it's not a case of i'll go with spark for this reason or teams with this reason it's much more a case of how it suits individual organizations no matter what size they are from tiny little smbs to, to large enterprise yeah i couldn't agree more with what tom said i mean if you look at the roadmaps for both products i mean you could lay them side by side and you know there's some some really ambitious things in those roadmaps but actually you can draw the conclusion they're kind of coming together you could argue one feature is better than another um but you know that that then comes down to you know the the, the customer the requirement you know in terms of what they're after you know if you lay them side by side today you know they're fairly much you know the same in terms of the you know the meeting and the uh, sorry not necessarily the meeting but the messaging side of things um so yeah I, I think i'd draw the same conclusion that you know that the products themselves are on the right path to being you know the two best players in the market you know uh, i think a world without microsoft and a world without cisco would be quite a difficult world for us all to collaborate in and you know if we look at a recent blog from Jonathan Rosenberg, you know, the CTO at Cisco, you know, his 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 um, point around better together is tighter integration with Microsoft. And I'm sure, you know, over time, it'll probably be looking the other way around as well. So, you know, I, I think a world without either would be a very sad place. And, and, and just briefly from both of you, that, both of you have touched on it there, that interoperability. And one thing, you know, I am conscious of, and the whole of the sort of the collaboration world is, there's been big things said from potentially disruptive new players, Facebook, Amazon, Google, all potentially targeting the market. Do you think that will encourage the more established giants of Cisco and Microsoft to work together a bit more, or or is that just an organic effect anyway? I think competition drives innovation, right? If if there was no one else out there doing what you know all of these players are doing you know, we'd stand still and we wouldn't see, you know, these great features and advancements come into the platforms. So I think it's great, you know, that we've got, you know, other players in the market to give customers really an idea of, you know, how they can change the way they work. Because that's the message that these platforms are driving, right? It's not traditional for me to, you know, walk into an organization and say, right, okay, we're going to 
potentially get away from that email discussion, you know, so we're going to go to this more threaded teamwork discussion, and that's a massive cultural change for customers that you go into. So I think regardless what badge is on the product, you know, they're, they're all helping to sort of get customers to evolve a way of thinking about how to change the way they work or work differently using these tools. Now, if I look at my inbox, um, you know, of late, you know, I'm probably getting five, ten emails a day now, you know, and, and going, you know, going back a few years, you know, I'd be getting 100, 200, admittedly a, a large proportion of them are spam, but I've really, you know, changed the way that, you know, I, I work for, on a day-to-day -day basis. So having these additional players in the market can only help that story, if you ask me. And, and Tom, the same, do, do you think that will encourage, obviously the ideology changes Danny talks about, but maybe that and I, I have coined this term, and I'm collaboration within collaboration platforms. Yeah, it's, it's a real tough one. I mean, obviously, customers want everything to just work, and, and that's their goal, and that makes perfect sense. The, the, the vendors are obviously a little bit conflicted because, you know, you talk about Facebook, you talk about Amazon, like those, those models are not about interop they're about keeping you on platform and that feels like more the way the vendors are heading so you know skype for business server we had xmpp we had kind of more sort of standards based interop and it feels like we're going a little bit away from that um the, the gaps being bridged by things like akano that was bought by cisco so cisco have quite a good cisco skype interop story with the the akano meeting server um and people like Pexip and Podicom bridging in the middle for video. Um, but for things like group-based chat, it's still quite tricky. You're, if you're in a Spark space or you're in a Microsoft team, you're, you're not using your Spark identity to seamlessly log into a Microsoft team or your team's you know, Office 365 account to seamlessly log into Spark. You can absolutely be a guest on either. But they're, just because of the way that the platform's now being developed, you kind of cloud first, you know, security, everything else, having truly open interop is, is quite a challenge. And I think we'll see we'll see what customers demand. But obviously it's it's in Microsoft's interest and it's in Cisco's interest and it's in Slack's interest and everybody else's interest to try and keep you on the platform, but also it's in their interest to serve customers. So we'll see where see where the needle kind of lands between those two. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for both coming on. That was, I have to say, very, very amicable. And uh, it's, it's a mature conclusion, isn't it? That it, it's what the customer needs best and needs suited and, and what works best um, for, for the organisation itself. So firstly, Danny, thanks very much for coming on. I've enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks for the discussion. Cheers, Tom. Yeah, no, it's been good. It's, uh, it's, it's, it was always going to be one of those, it depends on business requirements things. And I think there's some opportunities. If people are interested who are listening, who want us to get more into the weeds, um, happy to do that. And like, you know, side by side comparisons, stuff like that. So I guess um, from, from our point of view, love to hear your feedback on, was, did this hit the right tone for you? What do you guys think about this? And uh, what would you like to hear more of on this kind of Cisco, Microsoft, Spark, Slack story? Yeah, absolutely. If, there, if there's uh, technical features or, or any particular area that, that, that the listeners would like us to deep dive on, uh, we said when I say us, I mean you two and I sit there quietly. We we we, we certainly it doesn't, do it doesn't happen without you, Patrick. We need someone to push us along. So yeah, it's, well, uh, it's well, well, team effort. But anyway, thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate your time. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Massive thanks to both Danny and Tom for offering me such good insight into both Spark and Teams and trying their best to compare the two platforms for us. You can find out much more on both platforms in our other specific podcast, 
Tom and I have a monthly slot to discuss Microsoft Teams and Skype, which you can find if you go to Apple Podcasts and search for Microsoft Teams out loud. And we've just launched the same monthly update for Cisco Spa, where I'm joined by expert guest and colleague of Danny, Jonathan Joy, which you can also find by searching for Cisco Spark out loud. Alternatively, you can find all of our podcasts on the website in the podcast section at uctoday.com. Thanks for listening.